Welcome to Starting Sustainability, Episode 17. Hello everybody, Kaylin Chonowitz again. I hope everybody is having a wonderful beginning of their week. I just got home from work on this Monday and uh, we had thunderstorms all day long and I have a 70 pound pit lab mix who hates thunderstorms. We are currently on, I don't even know how many cages we have gone through, but we have upgraded to this Houdini cage that has almost jail cell like bars on it. We had the first one for a whole year and he ate through it right before 4th of July because he also doesn't like fireworks. And we have neighbors who let off fireworks at least two weeks before 4th of July and then probably another two weeks after 4th of July. Today we had a bunch of storms. I knew they were coming, so I put the thunder jacket on him. I put him inside the Houdini cage, which is, this is an industrial cage. It really is. And I gave him calming treats. But that was at 8 a.m. and the calming treats and thunder jacket, they don't last all day long. Eventually the effects wear off and my dog got out of the Houdini cage. I just came home. He <laughs> he ate the carpet upstairs, like probably a good three by three foot square area of carpet that he ate. He got into the laundry room and ate the ironing board. The entire iron, it's a metal board, ripped the cloth fabric off, the padding, all that's destroyed, shredded. We also have a mat in front of our oven. You know, I'm talking about like a a foam mat, a fatigue mat. That's the right thing to call it, a fatigue mat. That is completely shredded as well. Happy Monday to me, and I hope that you guys are all having a wonderful Monday as well. I hope it's better than mine, because now I get to clean all that up. So, yippee skippy. Again, this this is a day late. I hope you guys are just flexible at this point. Life is just crazy. It's hard. I really wanted to do this episode with my husband. And so that was our plan last night. But then he ended up getting really sick and not feeling really good. So he went to bed early. I said, okay, I'll delay today. I'll do it with him tomorrow night. Today he was also really sick all day long. Okay, I'm just going to do it by myself at this point. I'm not going to keep waiting on you or it's never going to happen. That's what I've learned. All right, so before we get into it, Let's do a little catch up on what's been going on other than today, what has been happening the last week. I had to go to the dentist last week and I did get a great report, which is wonderful. No cavities, no issues. They did tell me that my gums are starting to recede, which I don't think that I really brush all that heavy or too long. I do what's recommended, but anyways, I already use a soft toothbrush, so they recommend that I switch to an electric toothbrush and I was like, dang it, (laughs) because... I had a stockpile of plastic toothbrushes and I finally used them all up and I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going to order a bamboo toothbrush now because I've been telling you guys about it and I know other people have been using it and they all love it and I was all excited to try a bamboo toothbrush and they're telling me, no, we really need you to use an electric toothbrush. Now I have to start doing some new research on a low-waste electric toothbrush, at least because it's the little heads that you have to dispose of. It's not as bad as, I guess, a full plastic toothbrush, but... I'll keep my eyes peeled, see if I can find something that's long-standing, at least the head on it or something, I'll figure it out. I will at least get one that 
plugs in to the wall versus one with batteries. That way I'm not going through batteries because I know that's an environmental issue. I'll keep trying. This is this is part of the journey, the success and fail, and you just you think you've got it figured out, and life gives you a curveball, as always. I forgot to mention a couple weeks ago we had the Here We Grow Again sale, which is a popular sale in the Indianapolis, Indiana area. So I know that doesn't pertain to everybody listening to the podcast. But I went, this was my third time going. And it's really, I didn't quite understand how all it worked the first and second time, but now I get it. And this time I went with fresh eyes, sustainable eyes, and got to see they hosted it at the fairgrounds and they get all of the local parents. So this sale, it rotates around the Indianapolis area of north, south, east, and west. So I'm in South Indy. So I go to the Southern sale. All the local families, parents here will donate their kids' clothing, toys, learning activities, homeschool books, maternity clothes, potty training accessories, cloth diapers, cribs, stroller. I mean, anything and everything that has to do with kids gets donated to this. So the parents that donate are called consigners because little baby toddler clothes don't really fit on adult hangers very well, but they're all adult hangers. I was happy that they were using metal hangers, so that's pretty great. I'm sure that's more of a cost-efficient thing versus sustainability, but I'm excited either way. It was all metal hangers, not the plastic ones. And in order to get the clothes to stay on, they used safety pins to help them stay, and they used safety pins to add a tag, a price tag to it, versus, you know, that weird little gun that shoots that plastic tag that you always have to cut because you can never rip it off. If you do rip it, you always rip a hole through the clothing. It's on every single item of clothing that you've ever bought at a department store. Anyway, so instead of doing that, they use a safety pin. I was happy about that. They sell these clothes, toys, everything else. Shoppers like me get a nice, great deal on the used clothes, and then the consigners get part of the profit, and they use that towards purchasing more clothes. So it's a perfect little circle. Once my, I mean, I've got a son right now, and I have a baby on the way. I don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl. We're going to leave it a surprise. But eventually it's going to get to the point where, I mean, I'm saving the clothes, but it's going to get to the point where I'm not going to need the clothes anymore. So this is something I can do to give back to the community make a little cash on the side, get things that my kids need as they're growing. It's a it's a really cool thing. While I was there, standing in line, because I the sale is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Of course, I have to work Thursday, Friday, so I can only go on Saturday along with the rest of the population. So Saturday was a madhouse, but that's okay. So I stood in line. I went shopping in about 20 minutes or less. I was really quite fast at shopping because there were only a handful of items that I was on the lookout for. So I got those. And I had to stand in line for the next hour. It was a long, long line. Long, painful line with a one and a half year old, because my husband had to work. So I got stuck taking the kid with me, and I knew it was going to be not so great, because I knew it was going to be a long line. We don't do well in long lines. An hour and a half is a very long time for a little kid. But anyways, while I was in line, I was talking to the people around me, and they had mentioned today's Goodwill Day. I was like, Goodwill Day? What is that? Apparently Goodwill... They will do the first Saturday of each month, and they offer everything in the store 50% off. I have no idea if that is strictly local, or if that's across the state, or if that's across the nation. I don't know. But it's definitely worth it to look it up in your area and see if that's a thing. This past weekend, I took my son. We, My husband had to work late, so we tagged along with another family and joined them, and we went to... Waterman's Farm, which is a local farm here, and we got to enjoy 
all of the fall harvest activities, like a hayride and climbing bales of hay. They had a little petting zoo. They had a playground area, a corn maze, and we got to go. The hayride took us out to the pumpkin patch, and we got to pick pumpkins. My son was so cute because he kept, he got to see, he watched everybody else picking up pumpkins and he kept trying, but his strength does not match that as adults. So he was getting actually quite frustrated and starting to cry because he couldn't pick up these giant pumpkins. So I found a small little one for him that's about the size of a grapefruit and he was able to pick that up and was very happy and then kept trying to eat it like an apple. I am a dietitian and he is my kid, so I'm not going to fault him for trying to eat his vegetables. But it was cool to see the farm and they did an educational session on how nothing goes to waste at the farm. They have a bunch of you, not just the pumpkins, but they have a you pick fruits and vegetables offered year round depending on the season. And anything that doesn't get picked or goes bad because a bird or a rabbit or something got in there, they have a, a compost area. I thought that was awesome. They're using their own product. It's not going to waste and they're getting top notch fertilizer for all of their plants. So the farm was Friday night. Saturday night we went to a friend's and we had a little get together, a little potluck dinner. We all brought something and then we had a campfire in the backyard. So I brought our, like I told you before, we're not really doing composting yet. We're still still getting motivated to, to take that leap. Our garbage can is inside of a, a cupboard almost. So you have to open up the door and then get to the garbage can. Whatever cannot be recycled would normally go into the garbage can and the food scraps go to the dog. But there's some in-between things like wax paper, the newspaper stuff that might have our personal information on it that we don't really want to go into the recycling bin, baby wipes, the pee ones, not the poo ones. I have a bunch of popsicle sticks. Uh, So the wooden popsicle sticks, even my son has some wooden toys that we thought would be a great sustainable idea except for my dog also likes to chew on wood like we'll let him outside into the yard and he'll find a stick from the tree and just chew on it and chew on it and so he's eaten a few of my son's toys so they're the toys that we cannot repair but they make a great fire starter so we brought all those so we had our little fire starter bag that we burned up and showed that to our friends they thought wow that's a great idea woohoo good so we convinced somebody else to start doing that Saving the world just a little bit at a time. One family, one friend member at a time. But we're getting there. So that's pretty much what happened on my weekend, which is a lot, I know. (laughs) So let's get into today's topic. I would like to talk about sustainable and efficient homes. So this is really for homeowners. Well, if you're a renter, some of this would still be beneficial for you. But this is really mainly targeted towards homeowners. But check it out, listen, because if you don't own a home, you might know somebody who owns a home and get them started at least. We bought our house one year ago. We bought it November 2018. And I wanted to review today what all we've done to improve it so far. Now, I didn't really get bit with the sustainability bug until about April 2019. I thought it'd be very interesting to review all of the home improvements and changes that we have done since last November and see how we did. So before moving in, we went through all of our stuff and sold or donated items that we no longer were using or needed. The house that we bought came with a washer and dryer, but we had our own. So 
and ours were paid off and they were energy efficient. So we sold the old ones and got a little bit of extra cash and we had to use that towards other appliances that did not come with the house, like a refrigerator and the oven range, a stove range. We did get those. We did have debate back and forth. I wanted to get used ones because it would be a lot cheaper. Uh, remember, the sustainability wasn't really our focus at that time. It would be sustainable and it was cheaper, but my husband was very questionable on used used appliances, especially when it came to the stove oven range because he's an electrician and he was concerned about if it's a bad one, the house could catch on fire. We want, we want a good one. We want one that we know is going to work. If we're going to spend this kind of money, we want one that comes with a warranty. Also, someone would deliver it for us <laughs> because at this point in time, my husband was traveling for work. So it was just me and a five-month-old when we were moving into this house. And my husband would come home almost every other weekend. That was a big concern for him. And I respect that. That was good. So we did go with new items. If we could do it again, I think we I can talk him into being a little bit braver and getting some used appliances. Because I'm sure other people were in the same boat we were. They bought a house and it came with appliances that they already had. So they had extras. They just had doubles. Nothing's wrong with it. You just don't need two of them. And you don't have space for two of them. So you sell it. As we unpacked, we discovered items that we would not need anymore in the house and furniture items that would not fit. So again, we found ways to sell them secondhand or donate or just give them to friends. But we also quickly learned items that we needed. <laughs> some new furniture items or some baby items. We went from a single-story house to a two-story house. And it was a pain in the butt hauling either the baby up and down the stairs every multiple times a day or hauling the items that I needed up and down the stairs multiple times a day. So we started doubling up on items like a diaper changing station. I had one upstairs in his room, but I needed one downstairs or a pack and play. So I found these items all secondhand, mostly Facebook Marketplace was my friend and then a couple of garage sales. I did have a couple of friends who are super awesome and I would they would be able to go garage sailing more often than I could. And I would tell them, here are the items I'm looking for. They would find it, send me a quick text and a picture and the price. And I'd be like, yep, grab it. And I'll give you the cash next time I see you. Thank you very much, friends. I appreciate that. I do want to point out when you move and change your address, you will get a moving packet from the post office. And that will have information for all of your utilities, your new water, electric, trash, internet providers, cable providers, everything that's in your area. It's also going to come with a bunch of discount coupons. For local home improvement stores and, and other stores like home goods stores. And these are good coupons. Lowe's, Home Depot, Big Lots. These are like 20% off your entire purchase level coupons, which is a really freaking good deal. So save those coupons. After we set up our electric, we did get a postcard from Duke Energy, who was our new provider for electricity. And on that postcard, they asked us if we would like an energy efficient homeowner's kit. And I thought, Heck yeah, I want free stuff. <laughs> so I'm doing sustainable and I'm getting free stuff at the same time. So they mailed it to us, which was great. And it was full of light bulbs, which we already bought. And efficient shower heads, which we already owned. And ours are better. And efficient water faucet tips, which already the previous owners had those on the water faucets already. So it was a great kit. We didn't really use it right away. We're just going to keep it on hand. I forgot to mention when we moved into our house, the previous owners left the house a mess and we spent an entire day cleaning, scrubbing, 
wiping down and shampooing the carpets before we were even able to move in. And on that day, we also ran around and changed out all of the light bulbs <laughs> to be energy efficient. So we got our Duke Energy Kit and I was like, great, I already bought all these light bulbs, but that's okay. We appreciate it. We got extras, we got backup. We're going to use them at some point in the future. We did move in in November and in Indiana, that is the tail end of fall and beginning of winter weather, we learned very quickly that our two-story house was not well regulated. There would be about a 10 to 15 degree difference between the downstairs and the upstairs. The upstairs is carpeted and the downstairs is not. I did buy a large rug for the living room because someone told me that that was part of the reason why the temperature was different. I couldn't buy a whole lot of rugs. I just bought one. I bought one mostly to test it out. One, they're expensive. And two, at that point in time, I had two cats, two dogs, and a baby. <laughs> and a sloppy husband. And I knew that rug would get destroyed pretty quickly. It wouldn't make it very long. So I only bought the one. It really didn't make a difference. It was still cold downstairs. Maybe if I had bought ten rugs, that might have made a difference. But it wasn't worth it to me. My husband had this great idea. And he closed off the vents in the rooms that we didn't use upstairs. And that helped a lot. I have an office slash craft room. We have a guest room, which is actually now going to become the new baby's room. But this past winter, we were not using those rooms as often, so we closed off the vents, and it definitely helped. We also learned the master bedroom closet had the attic access, and that closet gets cold in the winter. So we made sure to always keep the door shut in order to help heat up our bedroom. Also... Our master bedroom had very drafty, terrible, old, crummy windows. We just bought the house and didn't really have a lot of money left over to go get new windows. So we bought the plastic sheets that you tape up around the windows and you use a hairdryer to shrink them up tight. You know which kinds I'm talking about. I know it was plastic and not sustainable, but we were broke and freezing. The plastic did help to an extent. The wind where we live is ridiculous because we're on the back side of the neighborhood. So we face a pond and then there's a big cornfield. So we are getting the brunt of the wind. And it would get so bad some nights that the and the windows were so drafty. You could see the plastic on the windows literally billowing out. And a couple times it even popped. The plastic popped because the windows were so drafty and the wind was so bad. We're asleep. It's a work night. It's two in the morning. We're totally conked out, dead asleep to the world. Then we hear pop. And then when the wind is whipping through, it kind of vibrates. It's like, except extremely loud, scared the daylights out of us. So from that moment on, we're like, all right, once we get money, we're going to get new windows in this bedroom. I did also purchase thermoregulating curtains. I had no idea that these even existed. I found them at Big Lots, one of the stores that I went to, or I got one of the, the moving packet coupons. I went there and they had thermoregulating curtains. These curtains are awesome. They're going to be more expensive than your regular curtains, but if you go to Big Lots and you have a coupon, it's not so bad. And to me, it was worth the price to make our bedroom more regulated. They keep, so in the wintertime, they helped keep the cold out. And in the summertime, we noticed they definitely help keep the heat out. How do we know? Well, we would test it out. <laughs> we would leave the windows, we'd leave the curtains all open one day and see how cold or hot it was in our room. And then we'd leave them closed all day long and see how cold or hot it was in the room. And they definitely helped. They act as an extra barrier around the windows. Also, our back patio door is a sliding door. 
There's the glass section on the left that is secure and stays put, and then the door is on the right-hand side, and that slides over the glass window on the left, if that makes sense. In the wintertime, we noticed that the door on the right that slides open, it would actually freeze over, and it had a sheet of ice on it. And then, of course, later on in the day, as the temperature got warmer, it would melt and leave a nice puddle of water on our floor. I actually took pictures and put it up on Facebook, and I was asking people, why is this happening? What, like, what is wrong with our door? Why is it only ice on one side? It's just weird and funny and odd. And a bunch of people left a bunch of random comments, and one really smart guy, my brother Todd, mentioned that it should have two panes of glass. The left window section did. And the sliding glass door on the right did not. It only had one. Apparently, a previous owner, somebody somewhere, broke one of the panes of glass. And you could see where it broke shred. I don't know if a lawnmower hit it or a baseball hit it. I have no idea. They cleaned it out and they never fixed it. And that's why it kept icing over. Because we knew we moved in in November. So we just know it was icing over. And it was cold. It was cold in that part of the house by that door. And then in the summertime... <laughs> That door is like a magnifying glass because it only has one pane of glass. So in the summertime, it is hot, super hot in front of that door. Oh, another thing that I wanted to talk about was our guest bedroom, which is soon to be the baby's room, is above the garage. And that was the coldest room in the house last winter. Like even before we closed off the vents. Once we closed off the vents, it was absolutely freezing in that room. Our garage was not finished. The walls were exposed beams with insulation that was falling down. Our house is 15 years old, and it had never been drywalled in the garage. Apparently, it's not really code that you have to have the garage drywall. Okay, I take that back. In Indiana, it is code, but only for the walls that share with the house. And our garage connects to our kitchen, so the very back wall was drywalled, but not the others. The the insulation was there, but it was old, crummy, and falling down all over the place. Our garage was an energy-efficient nightmare. And around February, we were definitely getting hit with very high electric bills. And I did look into solar panels, thinking that would help. Apparently, all the companies on the Facebook ads that kept bothering me about this. Because, you know, once you do one search, now your Facebook and email and everything gets full of all these alerts about all this, all related companies and all related anything to that topic that you've done a search on. I did fill out the applications because it was the ones where... You get it for, you get these solar panels free if you qualify. So I filled all the applications. You're like, you qualify. However, we do not service your area. Marvelous. So I'm still on the hunt for solar panels. Uh, I haven't really, I mean, I'll explain why. I haven't searched too much more into it. I don't even know if our HOA allows them. Yeah, we have an HOA. It's been so much fun (laughs) with an HOA. This is our first home and our first time experiencing HOAs. Okay, we'll continue moving on throughout the year. Around April, I had to put down my beloved Lulu. It was very painful. She was a very great, wonderful little fluffy Pomeranian. She was my best friend. And my parents came down and brought some flowers and plants to plant in her memory and spruce up our very sad-looking yard at that point. And I have no idea if we planted the right or the wrong kind of flowers in regards to the bees disappearing But I do feel good about that day because April is Earth Day, it's Sustainability Month, and we got to spruce up our yard in memory of our dog, and I I felt good about it. But I will, going forward, pay attention to if they're the right or the wrong kind of flowers that are helping or hurting the bees. Once the weather started to warm up, we spent all of Memorial Day weekend 
putting drywall in the garage. Believe it or not, we actually purchased the drywall with our Lowe's 20% off coupon when we moved in. So the drywall sat in our garage the whole time from November up until Memorial Day. We did have to purchase plaster and that came in a recyclable bucket. And the drywall putty knife and sandpaper were purchased brand new. It's pretty hard to find those things used. It was hard to find drywall use. I did actually look for a little bit, but it's it's rare that it even is up for sale on Facebook Marketplace or secondhand or at Habitat for Humanity Restore. We have one of those near us. And when it does come in, it's grabbed right away. So you got to be on top of it. And when you're at that point in time, I was technically a single mom. Yes, I was married, but my husband wasn't home. <laughs> I was I was living the single mom lifestyle and working a full-time job. So I could not dedicate it to constantly being on the lookout. So I ended up just getting those items brand new. I did get a sanding brick because that's supposed to last a lot longer than the sandpaper. And we still have that brick. We'll continue on with the story, but we still have that brick and it's, you can't even really tell that it's been used and we have used it a lot, (laughs) especially after the garage. I did have to get paint, brushes, rollers, and the paint pan. All that came from Habitat for Humanity Restore. I don't know how prevalent these are around, but if you have one near you, it's great because a lot of the items are secondhand, so they're getting a second use, and the money goes towards a really good cause, Habitat for Humanity. This project on our garage was all three days because we have never done that before. (laughs) We've never drywalled anything before, and we didn't really know. We didn't really understand it was going to take all three days. We're like, yeah, we'll just do this in a day or two and then party on the last day. No, it took all three days. And we were extremely jealous of all the other people who got to go and play and enjoy their three-day weekend. And all we did was work. (laughs) I'll tell you what, our arms were buff as heck. I felt like She-Hulk when I walked into work on Tuesday after three days of lifting drywall, plastering, sanding, painting. I was like, man, my arms are looking good. Our poor son spent all of his waking hours in the exorcisor watching us in the garage that whole time. We did get all the drywall up, but we only finished the plastering, sanding, and painting on two of the four walls. Remember, one of the walls, it did have drywall up. That was code. But it did not have to be taped and plastered and sanded and painted, so we still had to do all that. So only two of the four walls got finished. And of course, we were going to finish later, and then the weather became 90 plus degrees every single weekend. And truthfully, we had lost all motivation to finish it. So our garage sat half done most of all of the summer, basically. Near the end of summer, around September, we had a semi-cool weekend. In Indiana, it bounces, the weather really does bounce around back and forth quite a bit. And because the weekend was cool, we painted the master bedroom. It was originally a lilac, lavender, purple, pink color. It didn't bother me, but it really bothered my husband. He wanted something a little bit more manly. So we painted it gray, nice and boring, but that's what we agreed on. But by now, we've definitely got the sustainability focus. And so I was really, from this point forward, I was really trying to be more sustainable efforts into our home home projects. We got the paint and plastic sheets from Habitat for Humanity Restore again. When you go there to get paint, there's not a lot of variety in colors. In fact, there are five. But again, it's super cheap. It's $15 for a gallon, which is really good, and the money goes towards a good cause. If you don't have a Habitat for Humanity Restore near you, did you know that Lowe's, Home Depot, a lot of the home improvement stores, they will have paint returns. Especially, they'll, they'll make a paint, 
if they customize a paint or customer buys a paint, takes it home, tries it, they don't like it, they can return the paint, but now the store cannot sell that at a full price. That'll now be on clearance. We probably get more of an option than five colors. <laughs> so that's another option that you can do to get, to get paint on discount and it's reused paint. A little bit more sustainable effort. One of our previously used rollers from the garage, it broke. <laughs> so <laughs> we did have to go buy a new roller because Habitat for Humanity Restore was closed by then. It's only open on Saturdays and we did this. So on Saturday it was fine until it broke. And then on Sunday I was like, well, let's go get a new roller because I didn't want the whole project to come to a halt because of this one roller. So we had to go buy it brand new. By this time, my son has outgrown the exorciser. So <laughs> I painted while my husband watched our son. And our ceiling and our bedroom is bolted, so I could only paint about three quarters of the room. Because even with a stepladder, I couldn't reach the top part. And that paint smell is strong. So we had all the windows cracked, but it was still extremely fragrant. And we had to sleep in the guest room for a couple of nights until it aired out. Then, of course, the weather jumped back into the 90s. So our bedroom painting project is only three quarters completed and we put it on hold because now the weather was back in the 90s and it was too hot. We didn't want to leave the windows open all day long to air out and sweat to death. A month goes by and I've had enough of these half done, three quarters done house projects and the weather is good so we could have the windows and doors open. It's now October. This was literally just a couple weekends ago. Like the weather is good. We can have all the windows and doors open and it's not going to affect our electric bill. We need to get this stuff done and over with because once winter hits and it's freezing, we're not going to want all the windows and doors open. Let's just do this, get it done with. So we spent all last weekend finishing up our garage and our master bedroom. That was the busy, crazy weekend where I was just exhausted. We started Friday night and we finished Sunday evening and we survived. We got things done. I could check them off. Life is good. Now that our projects are completed, we do have some leftover paint. We will probably keep it, you know, just in case. I did learn that latex paint is good for 10 years. And if you get oil-based paint, it is good for up to 15 years. But if you don't want to keep it just in case, because it can, I mean, that could be, depending on how many colors you have in your house, that could be a lot of cans of paint. So if you don't really want to keep it, you can actually donate it. You can donate to Habitat for Humanity. You can donate it to, to any project that is building homes or needing paint. You can find a local artist who might need it. You can donate it to a local school and the art department there can use it. Some home improvement stores will actually take it and they can dispose of it properly. Check your local area and see if your recycling program offers household hazardous waste. So search, you're literally searching in Google for your city, town, state, household hazardous waste program and see if they're able to take it and recycle the paint. If that does not exist, most recycling centers actually will take it, but you have to, it has to be the latex paint. They won't take the oil one and it's got to be. The paint can has to be empty. It can't be like three quarters full. It's got to be empty and you have to let it dry up. They won't take wet paint. So leave the lid off, let the sun do its work, let it dry up, and then you can put it in the recycling. Okay, so let's take a minute to go back. I'm talking about the windows and the glass patio doors. We went through three different companies trying to find the right one to fix these. We thought about fixing it ourselves, We've already bitten off more than we can chew when it comes to home repair, so we're going to let the professionals do it. Plus, 
the it's glass and we don't want to break it and the windows are up on the second story and we don't want to monkey with that. That's a bit intimidating for us. I'm sure there are plenty of YouTube videos on how to do it yourself. We're just going to let the professionals handle this. We started with a quote for just repairing the patio door and it would be $500 for one pane of glass to be added. This is a 15-year-old door and it's not at all energy efficient. And the, just the glass would get added in, not the special gas in between or the spacers. Even the pane of glass that's currently there is loose. So I know it's not a good door already. It just made more sense to us to go ahead and consider repairing the entire door. So then we started looking at different energy efficient options for repairing the entire door. And there are different levels of energy efficiency. And of course, the second person to come in was the top of the line, triple window pane. And it was the, the best that money could buy. And it came with all these guarantees and warranties. And it was going to run us six grand for the door and four grand for the windows. Yikes. <laughs> so we quickly realized that anything would be energy efficient improvement compared to what we currently have. Now we're looking at middle of the road somewhere with energy efficiency. We ended up going only double glass pane instead of triple, but we did pay a little bit extra for sun defense. I'd never even heard of this before. We're going to do this sun defense on both the windows and the door because both the windows and doors face west and we have the hot afternoon sun beating down on them. And that's why it's so bloody hot <laughs> on both the master bedroom and in the inside the patio area. So what is sun defense? It is basically a slightly tinted layer that they place on the windows and it's a reflective layer. It reflects the sun. In the summertime, the heat will bounce back outside instead of magnifying into the house. And in the wintertime, it'll actually reflect the cold back outside and the heat that's inside the house, it'll reflect it to stay in the house. So the heat and cold is not transferring through the window. Instead, it's getting reflected back towards its original source. It definitely works in your favor both seasons. I did ask the companies about the disposal of the old windows and the old door. None of the companies really have a sustainable focus or a recycling program for their waste. I was pretty disappointed by that. That kind of stinks. But one company said I can request for them to leave the glass or whichever parts I wanted. That way I could ensure it would get recycled myself. And in addition, the two windows that are up in our bedroom, they're side by side. Only one is actually really bad. The other one still works, but because they're side by side, you have to replace both of them just the way that the design is. I would like to take the other, the good, still working window and donate it to Habitat for Humanity. That way they can use it in one of the houses that they are building. Another project we are still working on is a fence. We have a pond in our backyard. Now that my son is walking, we view this as a big safety concern. We were limited to what our HOA allows. It was down to a vinyl covered chain link fence, vinyl fencing, and cedar fencing. There was definitely a lot of debating back and forth. There are many pros and cons on all three of these items. In the end, we opted for a cedar fence. It is a local company and cedar is naturally resistant to the bugs. It will eventually break, but that was the conclusion that we made with all of the fencing. Eventually, it'll break or crack or get bent out of shape. And with the cedar fence, if one section, if one post or one section panel, there we go, if one post breaks, 
you can replace the one post instead of having to replace the entire section of fencing. So a lot of times fences are made in sections, like an eight foot section or four foot section. Now we can just replace the one post. Also, if one breaks, what can you do with that broken post? There are many things that you can do with wood. We will probably use it in our burn pile, but there are many things that you can do. I like that the broken pieces have a lot of repurposing options. And if we eventually move and the next owners come in and they don't want the fence because they'd rather see the pond in the backyard, then they can rip out the fence and at least then it can be used for firewood, something, it'll break down. It won't just be vinyl, which is a form of plastic sitting for a few hundred years. We are currently awaiting approval for this fence from the HOA. It should go through and then it will be four to six weeks to get it completed after that. The last home repair that I'm going to talk about today and then we'll wrap this up is our roof. Back in April, we had some very nasty weather. We had a couple days of back-to-back awful storms, hail, high winds, and those winds actually ripped off some of our siding. The hail did a lot of damage to our roof. Yay, homeownership! As renters, if you're a renter, that doesn't really mean a thing to you. But as a homeowner, you now have to figure out a way to fix it. And by that, I mean pay for it. Believe it or not, a contractor actually came knocking door to door because there was ours was not the only house in this neighborhood that had damage. So they went door to door. I just happened to be outside. So he just came right up and started talking to me. And I'm a nice person. So I listened. I'm not mean enough to like slam a door in anybody's face or say, go away. I'm not talking. I don't, I'm not interested. I will stand there and listen to your story. And, and I'm glad that I did because it it's going to work out very well for us. We filed a claim. Insurance sent out a guy to evaluate the damage of our home and rewarded us with $4,000, which sounds like a lot. But if any anybody who's a homeowner right now is laughing because you know a new roof, siding, and an AC unit. I didn't mention that earlier, but our AC unit also got a lot of hail damage to it. Four grand's not going to cover one of those, non-less all three of those. So <laughs> it's a pretty funny joke, isn't it? We told the contractor and they're going to fight for us. They sent a guy out to basically assess the damage and rebut the insurance guy. And they are working on getting more money for the job. I didn't know that they would do this. So if you're a new homeowner and you've never had to monkey with this before, don't just take the check that the insurance sends you. The moment you cash it, you said, I accept this price. So we did not cash it. We talked to the contractor. They're going to fight back and forth and get more money to actually pay for the job. So in the end... We should not, fingers crossed, have to really pay anything except for additional upgrades or warranties that they're going to get it from the insurance company. They just, they I mean, it's business. The insurance company wants to keep their money. We're going to let the contractors do all the fighting for us, which is fine by me because we have enough stuff going on in our life to juggle around. We did pick out an energy efficient roof. With our HOA, we have to keep the original structure. So if our original roof is a dark gray, then the roof we replace it with has to be dark gray. If our siding is a cream color, we have to replace it with a cream color. We're not allowed to change it. This energy efficient roof that I'm very excited about is a light gray color and there's the issue. So now we're kind of going back and forth with HOA trying to get approval. I did fail to ask about the disposal of the old roof. Next time I meet with them, I'll ask them. I don't even know if you really can recycle roof shingles. They're not good. They're not good shingles. They're they're loose. They're damaged. They're old. So I know they're not good, but I don't know of a proper way to dispose of them. If you or someone you know 
who, who's, who's been more of a homeowner than we have at this, than we are at this point, then please reach out to me and let me know. Again, my contact info is the same. You can email me at Kaylin, K-A-Y-L-A-N, at startingsustainability.com. You can join the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability, and you can just shoot me a private message that way. Or you can just comment on this post on there or any post and just put a comment up there, put a post up there and just let the world know. At this point, I will wrap it up. We have gone a little bit over. I apologize for that, but it was all good information and it's all... It's all a whole bunch of lessons learned, and hopefully you will learn from our mistakes or our successes and know for the next time that you have to do any of these things to your home. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Bye.